great future. We're talking real money. Hi there. Welcome to the final Talking Real Money Daily for the week. I'm Don McDonald. It's Friday. The uh, week's been pretty good for the markets, even though, well, I mean, it was down a little today, but really wasn't down much. Kind of an interesting month we're having, a week we're having. Uh, uh, what? What? No. Sorry. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Tom has something he'd like to add. He usually isn't in on these daily podcasts, but but what is it? Yeah. What's happened since December 24th, 2018? Mm, let me, I, I don't know what we, we had some holidays. Well, right. Yeah. We had Christmas in there the day after December 24th and then 2019 started. Where are we going with all this? The first of the year new year's we had new year's eve new year's day you know we got some family get-togethers in there that was terrific okay i assume this was something important and of course the government shutdown continues since then but there's something else that's happened since december 24th that i find astounding because if you remember the doom and gloom with owning stocks in late december it really truly was horrible december the worst month this worst december since 1931 and even you're not old enough to remember that. Uh, but since then, I, for the life of me, can't figure out the, what's happened since December 24th, 2018, is that the stock market, the Dow Jones and S&P, which I know are not your favorite indexes, have gone up almost 10% since then. Almost 10% since December 24th. Crazy. Exactly. Crazy. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to. I was going to mention that this has been the best start to any year. To any year since 2006 that is up as he said crazy now in today's episode i'm gonna stick to answering questions because we get both questions sent into us from talkingrealmoney.com and questions called into us at 855-935-TALK 855-935-8255 and we got this message recently from lynn and uh, she and her husband listen to the podcast as a matter of fact they say we love listening to your podcast we're in our early 30s and we have a two-year-old daughter and we've been discussing how to prepare for her future specifically college some friends recommended a 529 and some recommended a stock portfolio my husband's in favor of the latter i'm conflicted between the two options pros of a 529 the safest route, and the grandparents can contribute to the account. Cons of the 529. It's essentially a savings account and has very low returns, something a friend was disappointed about when her son went off to college last year. Pros of a stock portfolio. Higher return, minimal risk, or so my husband says, and he's already managing our stock, our stock portfolio. And we have time to recover funds from now until she goes to college. Cons, there is some risk in the stock market. Because it fluctuates, grandparents can't contribute to it. I wanted to know your thoughts on this matter, saving for our kids' college tuition. I hope to hear your answer on the air. Thanks. Well, you're going to hear the answer, and your husband's not going to like it. And wait a minute, if you listen to the podcast all the time, why is your husband picking a stock portfolio? I am so against doing that. Yes, when I was young, 
I believed that I had special superpowers just like your husband has or thinks he has. I believed I had them. I picked stocks. And sometimes I was incredibly successful and sometimes I wasn't as successful. Problem is you tend to blow both a little out of proportion. You overemphasize your successes and you kind of forget a little about your losses. Owning individual stocks is not safe, period. It is not safe. You can lose not just some. You can lose everything with individual stocks. Everything. I'm having a little tantrum. And, and it isn't minimal risk. It's extraordinary risk. It's risk. It's gambling level risk. If you had a diversified portfolio of all the stocks on the planet, no, that can't go to zero. But a portfolio of a few stocks, yeah, you can lose it all. You can lose sizable portions of it. Plus, lost in all of this, whether we should gamble or whether we should invest, and that's really what the question boils down to. Should we gamble or should we invest? Well, if you've listened to the podcast, you must know my feelings about that. My Not just my feelings, my absolutely academically based confidence in the fact that what you'd be doing is gambling with your daughter's money. Confidence. There are a lot of 529s. The 529 that we, there are a couple of them, but the one we've found that we like best because the fees are low, the options are great, you can get into all kinds of products, you can get into dimensional and Vanguard funds, uh, and it's not, it doesn't have to be safe. It can, As a matter of fact, at her age, at two, it can be 100% in equities, and it would be heavily invested in equities, even in the age-based program, in the Glide Path program. So you're going to get stocks early on. You're going to get the potential higher returns of the stock market early on. The returns can be very impressive, or they can be very disappointing. That's what investing in stocks is. It's, really, it's either impressive or disappointing. And a pro that wasn't mentioned, this is tax-free money, tax-free free money comes out you don't pay taxes i guess the grandparents could give you money for the stock fund but i just think that would be a terrible idea terrible 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 i gotta tell you it's i think it's a i can't think of a much worse idea i'd almost rather see you put it in the bank than put it into a bunch of individual stocks and I want your husband to hear this. What you're doing may work today. It may work today. But why is it? Why do you think you're a better stock picker than the people on Wall Street? Why do you think you're smarter when you buy a stock than the person who's selling you that stock? They're selling it to you because they believe just as fervently as you believe that it's a bad stock. You think it's good, they think it's bad. Or you sell it, you think it's bad, they think it's good. There's somebody out there buying it. What makes you think you're smarter? Unless you do this full time, and even then I don't believe you're going to be smarter than the market. It's a zero-sum game playing stocks short-term, buying, uh, 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 trading stocks, buying individual stocks even. It's just too dangerous. Thanks for the note. 855-935-TALK is the number you can call your questions into, or you can send them in from TalkingRealMoney.com. Either way, we're going to answer them for you on the podcast, so call them in or send them in. 855-935-TALK is that phone number. That works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And let's get another call in. I listen to your podcast you know, fairly often, and uh, I had gone and looked at your do-it-yourself portfolio that was made up of the Vanguard total bond market, total stock market, and then total international stocks. Uh, the account I'm dealing with was a Fidelity account, 
And um, I'm thinking that if I buy those Vanguard bonds, they're going to charge me some kind of a load for those. Uh, but anyway, I'm really just looking for a, a simple uh, stock bond mix. I don't need the money right away or anything, so I'm probably going to go with like 80% stock, 20% bonds or something like that. <clears throat> but I just want to make sure I'm picking the right uh, the right choice, making the right choices. And if there's an equivalent fidelity fund that you think matches the, uh, the low cost and that of the total bond and total stock market Vanguard fund, I'm very interested to know what, what you think those are. We probably should talk more about the Fidelity funds because Fidelity has really lowered the costs of their funds and they've gone really heavily toward the index funds. They've really gone in uh, in a bigger way than before with index products, which makes me very happy. And yes, you can do this. Now, one thing I'd like to suggest you do, though, when you're, you're talking about your allocation at Fidelity, uh, really go take the risk quiz. It's free. There's no obligation. Just go to talkingrealmoney.com and click on the risk quiz and take that. Find out what your risk tolerance is. But yes, you can do this at Fidelity. What you want to look at are, here are the three funds. There's the Fidelity Total Market Index, which is the U.S. Total Market Index. And that symbol is F-S-K-A-X. F-S-K-A-X. Fees are only like three one-hundredths of one percent. It's so cheap. Then for the global portion, and I would just split these 50-50 for the equity portion of the portfolio. 50% of the equity portion in the total market index, and then 50% in the Fidelity Global XUS, EXUS index. That means it's a global index without the United States in it. And that symbol is FSGGX. And that one costs like six one hundredths of 1%. So, so, so cheap. Uh, then finally, for the bonds, use the Fidelity Total Bond Index. There you have it. And that is FX. N-A-X, F-X-N-A-X. Uh, and if you were doing the 80-20, you'd put 40% in the global, you'd put 40% in the total market index, and 20% in the total bond index, and you'd have yourself a very well-diversified portfolio with, oh gosh, five or 6,000 stocks and many thousands and thousands of bonds. Well-diversified, certainly will still fluctuate, but Unless the economy of the planet blows up, you can't lose it all. Thanks so much for the call, and please, you're invited to give us a call, too, at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Call anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And before we go, we have our word of the day today. And I decided the word of the day should be a word that you probably think you already know. And that word is invest. What is investing? Well, I have a very different definition of investing from a lot of people. I do not believe, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that buying individual stocks is investing. It is not. It is not. It is gambling. Investing is, I believe you invest in something that can be safe or can be risky, but it cannot lose you everything except in the case of the world blowing up. You can't lose it all. 
That's why I suggest you invest in the global economy if you want to own stocks, where you own a portfolio like this. I suggest that if you want relative safety, you own bonds, a lot of bonds in the portfolio, well diversified so you can't lose it all. But buying individual stocks, timing the market, trading options, anything that has that could be anything that can be defined as, well, I think or I'm betting that or I believe that. Those aren't investments. Those are gambles. And some things that people categorize as investments, even those I don't believe are. For example, real estate. You don't buy, you don't invest passively in real estate. Well, except through a real estate investment trust, and then it's more like a stock. But buying individual houses, that's not investing. That's work. That's a business. That's a different kind of thing entirely. So, you know, if you want to go out and build a portfolio of homes, that's great. You can rent them out or flip them or whatever, but that's a business. That's not an investment. Very, very different. And you don't invest in individual houses and let somebody else take care of it. Like somebody says, I got a great deal. I'm going to buy a house. You want to go in on it? No, 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 no. Gambling. So that's my definition of an investment is something that can grow in value, that can become more valuable over time, may have risk, may have low risk, but a thing in which it is nearly impossible for you to lose all of your investment. If you can lose it all, it's a gamble. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast every single day. We're like soaring to new new record numbers. Uh, lots of listeners to these new podcasts. And I have a favor to ask. This would really be great. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts. This really, really helps build the audience. And we want to take down a lot of those really slimy podcasts. And we're we're not in the top 200. We should be. But there's really – go look sometime at Apple Podcasts. Go into the business investing category like on iTunes. Oh, my gosh. There are horrible, horrible money and money podcasts there. We want to knock them out. The way to do that, I know how this works. You need People need to go subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And the other thing that helps is if you write a review on Apple Podcasts. It is the 800-pound gorilla. It's the elephant in the room. It sucks all the air out of the rest of the podcast services, even if you use the other ones. That's how we're going to build the audience, and I need your help doing it. So go subscribe. Go review it. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend or two or 10 or 20, and we will uh, do the live show tomorrow on Saturday. We'll have that up as a podcast next week, and you can call us anytime at 855-935-TALK. I'm Don McDonald. Thanks for listening. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.